All right, everybody, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are continuing to recap the NFL draft. We are on to the NFC South, Wiz. And, uh, you know, the Atlanta Falcons had that fourth pick. There was a lot of questioning about what was that what that pick was going to be. And uh, it ends up potentially being, you know, maybe the most talented player in this draft when all gets said and done. And uh, Kyle Pitts was the pick by the Atlanta Falcons. We know there was some rumors going around about Trey Lance potential, but obviously he went before them uh, by the San Francisco 49ers. I think the biggest thing that comes out of this is that, look, they signed A.J. McCarron as a backup quarterback here, but it looks like the the Matt Ryan era will continue to roll on for a few more years. Um, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of offensive talent here. Uh, you know, I, you, I'll let you talk a little bit about Richie Grant, uh, the safety that they took with their second pick. I thought they did very well at offensive tackle, taking Jalen Mayfield in the third round. Uh, they addressed both both the defense and the offensive uh, offensive line with the later picks. Uh, they picked up Drew Dahlman, the center from Stanford as well. Uh, I think overall what they didn't do, again, at the quarterback position speaks volumes to kind of what they're going to do going forward. And Kyle Pitts <clears throat> remains the centerpiece here uh, on this offense now and there are still question marks whether Julio Jones will be part of this roster uh, when we start the season for the Atlanta Falcons yeah I mean Kyle Pitts is is I mean he's just wow I mean everything he does just jumps off the page um his his film and is 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 just a human highlight reel. I mean, you know, to take uh, the nickname of Dominique Wilkins is just he he's just the way he tracks the ball, his catch radius, his athletic ability. He's a willing blocker. Uh, I mean, but they're not going to really count on him or expect him to do that much because he's going to be running out in those patterns. And uh, boy, with Ridley and Julio. Um, you know that that that's going to be something to behold that offense. So he's an amazing player. Richie Grant was a fine pick. He went where he should have went. I love the Jalen Mayfield pick from Michigan, and I thought it was very 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 in there. Frank Darby from Arizona State. He's an interesting guy to keep an eye on, especially in dynasty leagues. It's most likely, almost guaranteed, to be Julio's last year with Atlanta. He could be the guy to step in there, but the big winner in this draft on the Atlanta Falcons is Mike Davis, as Atlanta did absolutely nothing at running back. Yeah, and by the way, Brian Hill is no longer on this roster. He signed... I saw uh, that. He signed... He went, to the, he went to the Titans. Titans. Yeah, I saw that. So... so I... <laughs> from a perspective, if you have in a dynasty Oof. league, Mike Davis, if you're in a redraft league... Man, Mike Davis got enormous value because uh, Atlanta did nothing, and it looks like he's going to have the keys to the kingdom. But uh, from a fantasy perspective, what they did do in the draft, Kyle Pitts, uh, in my opinion, immediately becomes a top five fantasy tight end going into this year as a rookie, which is saying something. And uh, I kind of like the Frank Darby pick from uh, Arizona State. I mean, uh, I think he's uh, a very, very interesting receiver. And uh, like I said, with uh, the fact that Julio is at this age and he misses a lot of games, I think he's a player to keep your eye on. Yeah, and I think, you know, going to Mike Davis, too, talking a little bit more about him. You know, Mike Davis is an older player, but a, but an older player without mileage. Um, and, and, and a very, very capable in filling in for uh, for Christian McCaffrey last year. I think the important thing to note here is this is Arthur Smith, the new head coach. We know what he thinks about running backs uh, and the way he used 
um, Derrick Henry. I'm not suggesting that Mike Davis is going to be used in the same manner. But again, it's a veteran player without the same mileage as some of the other players his age. So uh, yeah, I completely agree. I, I think I think Mike Davis, if I'm coming into some drafts this year, would I be tempted to say he's a top 10 running back this year coming into the season? I would say absolutely. I know, you know some people may question that, but I think Mike Davis's opportunity on this on this particular offense uh, is something that could be extremely interesting from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think what Atlanta loves about Mike Davis and what every team that takes him loves about him is he's one of these guys that he doesn't do anything exceptional, but he does everything well. And Matt Ryan's not going to have to worry about Mike Davis picking up a blitz package. He's not going to have to worry about Mike Davis being able to hold on to the passes that he throws to him. Um, and uh, there's a reason that Mike Davis latches on to team after team is because he seems to be shoved aside by one team and picked up by another, but he's a good football player and he's going to help that team. And uh, boy, um, he could not be in a better situation fantasy wise. All right, let's move to the Carolina Panthers. Uh, I, I look at the Carolina Panthers. I think they had one of the better drafts uh, this year. You know, this is a defense that I – last year, let's remember, they drafted all defensive players last year, and what do they do with their first pick this year? They pick probably one of the best secondary players in the draft, and that's J.C. Horn, son of Joe Horn, cornerback out of South Carolina. I thought they got a bargain with Terrace Marshall uh, from LSU. He he reunites with Joe Brady. Uh, They get a very solid offensive lineman in Brady Christensen, one of the better blocking tight ends in this draft in in Tommy Tremble, and also a very athletic guy. I think you've mentioned Chubba Hubbard as well from Oklahoma State at the running back spot, and they continue to fill in pieces on both the offensive line and defense as they went along. They also took a slot guy in Shai Smith out of South Carolina later in the draft, also at wide receiver. But I look at what the Carolina Panthers did. Obviously, they have put their eggs in the Sam Donald basket. I am really excited to see what Sam Donald does in this offense. There are a lot of talented players here. You add some player, obviously, uh, McCaffrey coming back. But to me, I'm very intrigued by this draft. I really like it. I think Panther fans should be very happy about it. Do you feel the same way, Wiz? So this was like the Panthers draft to me, when I look at it, is kind of like a real fantasy football league snake draft where it just starts off so good as it should and just tails off at the end. I mean, they're one of the teams that hit terrific players with their earlier picks and then they didn't do too much after that. J.C. Horn, <clears throat> he's going to give them some tremendous intensity and he's going to add to some very aggressiveness uh, aggressive players already on that Carolina defense I thought Terrace Marshall a case to be made that out of all the receivers in the second round he's the best one he's really a refined receiver kind of the lost guy in that uh, Jamar Chase <clears throat> Justin Jefferson wide receiver group uh, of the last few years but he is a terrific wide receiver Brady Christensen as you mentioned a very good offense of Lyman, good value at pick 70. And Tommy Tremble from Notre Dame gives a description to Carolina that you've not heard in the longest time. Physicality, nastiness, 
aggression, and he's going to give them uh, a lot of tremendous blocking from the tight end and, and physicality, which was something that they haven't had in a long time. <clears throat> and Trevor Hubbard is one of these guys that is just an interesting, explosive player, kind of reminds me of like a Justice Hill type player. Uh, there's not much competition. I think he should be moving and be the guy right after uh, the direct backup to Christian McCaffrey. So, uh, And then as it went along, I don't think they did too much, but I think the Panthers made the most of it. I think their draft overall was good, uh, and I think they hit early and often. All right, and then I, I, I think overall I agree with that, but I do like the players that they had at the top of their draft. And let's talk about the Saints, Wiz, who, who obviously are moving in a different direction post Drew Brees. I thought an interesting pick in taking Ian Book, who a lot of people didn't have as a as a, as a draft candidate, uh, but nonetheless they went in that direction. They, nonetheless, they went in that direction. Uh, they're going to need some help at wide receiver. They really didn't add add here until the last very last pick in the draft, uh, where they added a kid from from South. Alabama, who doesn't really have, a, to me, Kawan Baker, who doesn't really have a, a, a thick pedigree at the receiver position. Uh, you know, again, I know you like Werner, uh, the linebacker, but I, I look at this draft and it doesn't speak to me about a lot of good things that are happening at the moment for the New Orleans Saints. I think they didn't have a lot of draft capital, and I don't think they were able to capitalize on what they did have. I agree. Uh, what it, the Ian Book draft pick. They only have six picks and they took Ian Book with their fourth round pick. That tells me that they have the same plan for James Winston as they did for Teddy Bridgewater. That's going to be a one and done. It looks like the Saints are just going to take this quarterback thing after having Drew Brees for about you know the last 15 years or so um, or whatever he, he is, whatever his longevity was in the Saints. It looks like they're going to take this on a, on a year-by-year basis. Uh uh, Peyton Turner is one of these other guys, uh, similar to what I said about Stokes, where, um, you know, not the same position, but I just felt he could have been drafted in the second or third round. I didn't like that pick. Um, I, I, I thought their, their draft was subpar, not a lot of picks, and I don't think they made any great value picks. So I'm going to put the Saints draft in the, the bottom third of drafts this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. And uh, they're going to have to get this. Uh, they're going to have to figure out their direction as a team going forward. Obviously, without uh, Drew Brees, but uh, time will tell how the situation evolves here. And then now on to the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Wiz and I both talked about this. Would they draft a potential uh, replacement for for Tom Brady? Uh, we thought that they had to address that defensive side of the ball because they were very clever in their contract negotiations in the offseason, being able to bring back all, all of their players on both sides of the ball, and they, it's exactly what they did in taking Joe, Joe Tryon out of Washington uh, to, to help you know potentially fill the need because they're going to lose some guys as time moves on here uh, and as the contract situation changes. But, you know, look, when you're drafting last in every round, you do the best you can, and I think the Tampa Bay Bunkers... Buccaneers tried to do that. They drafted Robert Hainsey in the third round. At the end of the third round, a three-year starter at Notre Dame uh, at offensive line. A Jalen Darden from North Texas. An intriguing prospect for some. So, and, and obviously, they added a couple of linebackers late, as we talked about. This defense was something that they ne- needed to fill in parts. Uh, a, a, a defense that was tremendous last year, but probably a little bit long in the tooth in terms of age. And at some point in time, they need to have some replacement players filling in. And I think Tampa did the best they could, given the fact they were picking last in every round. I agree with that. 
Uh, I mentioned when we talked about what Tampa Bay was going to do, uh, I thought they would try and get a backup quarterback to Brady at some point in the draft and really look for defensive depth. Um, look, it's a lot It's a lot easier to go into a draft when you're a Super Bowl champ and basically everybody um, resigns uh, and comes back for the following year. Um, I didn't love their first pick. I thought he, you know, their last pick of the first round <clears> – <throat> I don't think he's much value of a pick. Uh, I, I think he just gives them some depth is what they're looking. Actually, I like their third-round player, Hainsey, from Notre Dame uh, better. I thought there was great value with pick 95 there. Kyle Trask, I felt, was the sixth-best quarterback in this draft. I love that pick as a backup. And I'm going to get fantasy people fired up that are listening to this podcast. Keep your eye on Jalen Darden from North Texas. Their fourth-round pick. I think he could beat Scotty Miller out and Antonio Brown out during the year in that slot receiver. That's where he loves to run his routes. And then on top of that, if you're talking about Evans or, or Godwin getting hurt, then maybe moving one of those other guys to the outside, giving a real opening for Darden. Jalen Darden, I love with the fourth-round pick, and he is a player to keep your eye on. Yeah, and, and you know, I mentioned that too. He's an intriguing prospect. He definitely got a lot of discussion on him. And you know, you mentioned the injuries. Mike Evans seems to perpetually coming up with, with hamstring injuries. Um, last year, Chris Godwin just couldn't get right most of the year. So I think you're right in bringing it up. I know you also like the guy they drafted last year from Minnesota. Um, and he, you know, that that's... That's another player I think you have to keep your eye on because these guys have not stayed healthy. You know, Mike Evans, again, has not stayed healthy with those leg injuries. I think it's something to watch for, you know, especially in in a Tom Brady-led offense where he's relying on that precision. So, yeah, we will be paying very close attention to the the pecking order on uh, on that receiver position for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, Tyler Johnson is a guy that, that, that Tom Brady seemed to have more confidence as this season was going on. you got to look at him and you got to look at Darden because it's unlikely that those two top receivers are going to stay on the field. And I think there's a chance that Darden could be a better wide receiver than Scotty Miller right now as we're doing this podcast. So I keep an eye on him and, uh, and see what that playing time looks. I know that's going to cost me a few bucks and a few uh, draft spots in these drafts I'm about to do, but uh, we're, trying, we're trying to help people. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good one, Wiz. All right, fantastic. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are on Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Uh, we have one more division to go, the NFC West, and we will be back shortly. But, uh, you know, Wiz, I gave you guys a pearl right there, so pay attention to it. Wiz, see you in a little bit with the NFC West. You got it.